I may never meet her again this side of heaven, but I'm always going to be connected in some way to her. And that feels like it's the kingdom of God at work. Just an, uh, an incredible privilege for my family to partner with one child in, in making sure that he has the things he needs and looks forward to a totally different future. I know that there's so many people who have had a chance to actually meet their sponsored child, but there's not a lot of people that get to stand there and witness the moment they find out they're going to be sponsored. And just the joy and excitement and understanding that Valeria had in, in hearing that news makes me realize that I will forever be an advocate of child sponsorship. Around the world, thousands of children live in extreme poverty. But we can make a difference. Child sponsorship matters. One child, Honduras. And here we are, the final episode of Child Sponsorship Matters for this season. I am David A. Dean, and man, I hope that you have gotten a really cool glimpse into the work that one child does and how you can make a difference through child sponsorship. If you haven't listened to episodes one, two, and three, man, I would go back and listen to them because this episode is going to be extra special. We're going to actually talk to a few members of the Honduras trip that while they were on the trip or right before the trip started, they actually sponsored children and then they got to meet them and let these kids know that they were sponsored. We're going to get things started with Rick. Now, you didn't meet him in the first two episodes, but he's an amazing guy. And I love his story of meeting his sponsored child. And my wife and I instantly knew that we needed to sponsor a child. And my wife and I looked through it and prayed over it and decided that we wanted to sponsor a younger child uh, because we wanted to sponsor him throughout the course of his life in the program. And we prayed over it and we found a little boy named Adonis. He lives in Honduras. He's eight years old and he wants to be a police officer when he grows up and just instantly felt like he's going to be part of our family. And so we decided to sponsor him and shared that information. We have five kids at home. And so we all made the decision together. So my daughter Meadow is a senior in high school and she has taken, she's on her fourth year of Spanish at high school now. And so she wrote Adonis a letter in Spanish. It was very cool. We got to go to the store and buy a couple of gifts that I was going to get to take and hand deliver to him. Then we flew to Honduras and it was the second morning that we were in Honduras that I was going to get to meet Adonis. And yeah, I was excited. I was nervous. Uh, it was something I was really looking forward to. You know, COVID makes this whole thing kind of interesting because we were all wearing masks. And so I had a picture of Adonis. I knew what he looked like, but because he was kind of wearing a costume, he did dance that the Hope Center we were at was in and he had a mask on and a hat. I never could figure out who he was. I was looking at all these kids thinking it uh, could be multiple of these kids. And one of the cool things that I didn't find out till later when I rewatched a video I took of these kids who did a song and a dance for us is that Adonis was dancing right in front of me the whole time. And I had no idea Adonis was pulled to the side so that I could meet him. And so I got to sit down with him kind of one-on-one. -on -one. We had a couple translators there because I don't speak very much Spanish and Adonis didn't speak any English. And so it was just cool to get to meet him. He was very shy, uh, but very cute at first. And 
I was able to give him the letter from my daughter first. And that that was kind of cool because we didn't need an interpreter for that part. He was able to read the letter himself and to watch his face as he read it, as my daughter described our family, the pets that we had at home and how we were going to sponsor him and be praying for him and his family. Just kind of see his face light up at that was really, really cool. And then we brought him a soccer ball uh, because he mentioned uh, on his sponsorship page that he loves to play soccer. So we wanted him to have his own soccer ball. And we brought him a little stuffed shark. And as I talked to the child champions who are the volunteers or the staff that work with the children there and the interpreters, that were there for one child, we were told that those items, you know, they're not necessarily, they don't cost a lot of money in Honduras versus the U.S. However, because of the limited amount of money these families make, that is not ever something that Adonis's family would have thought or been able to purchase for him. Uh, And so it was really a luxury and being able to spoil him. And it just made my heart happy to see his face when he got his own soccer ball and his shark. And he just hugged those things and held on to them tightly so it was an amazing experience getting to meet Adonis. Uh, when I, by the time I returned home from Honduras, we had gotten our welcome packet with a picture of Adonis that we could hang on the refrigerator. And it's just, it's an exciting time for our family to have this opportunity to meet the need of one child. It could be overwhelming to look at the needs of children living in poverty in this entire world and thinking, what can I do to make an impact, to even make a small dent in this. But to sit there and think we can make the difference in the life of one child, and that does make a difference. It makes a difference to him. It makes a difference to his family. It makes a difference to his community, which can make a difference in his country. And now here's Courtney and her story about how she met Yes, sorry. I've thought many times before in my life about sponsoring a child, and for whatever reason, I had just never decided to do it. So when I received the opportunity to go to Honduras with one child and become a child champion, I was all about it. I was very excited and honored to be chosen for this trip, but I also knew that if I was going to go down and visit one child, I wanted to put my money where my mouth was, and I wanted to become a child sponsor. Like, it was the easiest decision. So when the time was getting closer for our trip to Honduras, it became um, evident that we would be able to meet sponsor children there if we decided we wanted to sponsor somebody from Honduras. And uh, I was sold immediately. I was like, yes, <laughs> sign me up for that. I want to do that. And so I I went to the website to see um, the children that were up for sponsorship at these specific Hope Center locations that we would be visiting. And I thought it'd be really neat to find a child that has my birthday. I just think that would be really special, be a kind of a way that we would always be connected. And so I had that in mind when I went to the website and started looking at the children and I I barely had to scroll. I was only like in the third row and I found I found her. There she was. She was 6 years old. She shared my birthday November 30th. Her name is Yasari and I could not click on that fast enough. I was like I want her. That's it. I want her. You know, she's she's the one. And then I sent out like pictures of her to friends and family, like, look, I have a sponsor child. I'm so excited. Like she's mine. I just could not wait to see her like 
in person and hug her and tell her how excited I was to be her sponsor. When we got to the Hope Center that I knew she was at, I was looking all over for her. Like I I wanted to spot her in the crowd. I had looked at her picture, but I remember being in a classroom and I spotted her in the corner. I was almost 100% positive. And I pointed out to a team member, I think that's my sponsor child. And sure enough, I walked into the room when it was finally time to meet her. And there she was. It was the girl I thought was her. And it was just a really surreal moment. It was one of those times where I thought like, wow, I don't know if this will ever happen again, this side of heaven. Like, I don't know if I'll see her again. And it it was like, I wanted to just remember every single little thing. I wanted to soak it all up. It was just such a a special time. I was thinking of all the other children that are waiting for sponsors and, and, and all the ones that have been impacted by the sponsorship program, just knowing that somebody out there knows their name, somebody cares for them, somebody's praying for them. And I was so humbled and just in deep gratitude that I got to be that person for your sorry. Like, what a privilege. So, you know, we met, I I told her my name. Um, Probably the favorite, my favorite thing that I brought to her was um, a photo album. So I filled up a photo album full of just like pictures of me and my family, friends, my pets, um, things that I felt like were important to me um, that she'd be able to have a visual of my life. And turns out she loves cats just like I do. (laughs) And she really, really enjoyed that. And I got to tell her about who each person was um, through the translator and told her that we shared a birthday. That was one of my favorite moments because when I told her I had the same birthday as her, she was like, uh, how does that work? I was born in 2014. (laughs) So that was really fun. Um, yeah. And then I also brought her Skittles. It was her first time ever trying Skittles. And I thought that was a fun thing. That was like my favorite candy growing up. And I got to share that with her. Um, that was really special. I, I remember the translator telling me Skittles was a big deal because, you know, most of um, the parents of these children were living on about $2 a day. Um, Skittles would cost about a dollar and they weren't going to be able to spend that money on Skittles when they needed it for other things. And um, I just thought, man, you know, what a, and it just brought a lot of things into perspective in my life, meeting her and thinking about not just the fact that I got to meet her in person, but then I was going to get to tell her story to so many other people. And I may never meet her again this side of heaven, but I'm always going to be connected in some way to her. And that that means more than... I can really put into words like it's really truly feels like it's the kingdom of God at work and I'm grateful to be a part of it. And I think that that is, that is the greatest gift. I mean, I may be helping Yasari um, in her life in, in a small way, but I really feel like she's, she's helping me. <laughs> so I count myself extremely privileged to be a part of this ministry. 
All right, Courtney, I'm sold. <laughs> but I want you to also hear Jill's story about how, what it was like when she met her sponsored child. In the weeks leading up to the trip, our team had the option of choosing a child in Honduras to sponsor that we would actually get to meet. So I thought this was a really cool opportunity. I really considered doing this, but something in me just didn't have peace. Now, I already sponsor another little girl, and I had picked her because she and I shared the same birthday. Uh, so when I was looking at the list of kids in Honduras that I could sponsor, I was kind of thinking, wow, it would be cool if I sponsored a second child that was also around my birthday to kind of keep that theme. Well, my birthday is November 20th, and there was a little girl on there whose birthday was November 30th. And so I thought, well, that could be good. I mean, it's around the same time. And yet something in me just didn't have peace about it. Like I, I really couldn't even get myself to click on the button to even like read more about her. I just didn't feel any peace about sponsoring her. And I thought what God was, what God was telling me was that, that I just wasn't supposed to sponsor another child, period. So I didn't commit to one. Well, we're on the trip. We're at one of the Hope Centers. And one of the child champions comes up to me and said something that really kind of launched me into this place of, I think maybe I am supposed to do this. The child champion came up to me and said that one of the little girls at the Hope Center saw me and she is currently being sponsored. This little girl pulled up a picture of her sponsor on her phone, shows it to the child champion, looks at me and says, do you think that's my sponsor? And I, I guess something in me just kind of like broke because I realized that this little girl was hopeful that she would get to meet her sponsor, that there is a relationship there. And something about it just in me was like, why, why wouldn't you do this? So I'm really wrestling with these thoughts, thinking, God, I, I thought you weren't giving me peace about this. I thought I wasn't supposed to do this. And now I'm starting to reconsider everything. So I pray about it. Still not sure what to do. We're on the bus to our last Hope Center, and Peter gets up and says, hey, if anybody has decided they do want to sponsor a child kind of last minute, you still have the chance to meet them at this Hope Center. That's where they're going to be. And I felt like, honestly, that was just confirmation, like I was supposed to sponsor a child. And so I, I told Peter after we got there that I would do it, and I said, I don't really care who, but it would be, it would be great if it was a girl who's a little bit older because I know that a lot of times it's the younger kids that kind of get picked first. So we get to the Hope Center and time kind of gets away from me. I kind of got distracted with some of the other kids and I was playing with them and I had totally missed the opportunity to actually get to see the group of kids waiting for a sponsor. Everyone had kind of gathered them and I missed it. <laughs> kids are starting to leave and I ran over to Peter and I said, hey, did I miss my window to meet the child that I'll sponsor? Is everybody leaving or is there anybody left? And he notices a girl who he recognized from the group and said, hey, I, I think this is one of the kids that needs a sponsor. So he calls her over and says, hey, are, were you part of the group? Are you still in need of a sponsor? And she said, no, I, I think that, that you might be talking about my sister. Well, it turns out she has a twin and her sister, Valeria, was coming behind her. And so Peter called her over and was able to then introduce me as Valeria's sponsor. And when he told her that I would be her sponsor, Valeria's eyes just got super big. She lit up and she ran over and gave me the biggest hug. 
Um, I, you know, I was not expecting any of that. And so it was just this incredible moment of realizing that her twin sister actually already is being sponsored. And so she knows what it looks like to have a sponsor. She knows what that means. She's 12 years old. And so I think all of that just kind of clicked in her head and she knew that what her sister has, she was about to get the same thing and her sponsor is right in front of her. And so she just gave me the biggest hug and I will remember that moment for the rest of my life. I know that there's so many people who have had a chance to actually meet their sponsored child, but there's not a lot of people that get to stand there and witness the moment they find out they're going to be sponsored. And just the joy and excitement and understanding that Valeria had in in hearing that news makes me realize that I will forever be an advocate of child sponsorship. It truly makes a difference. And I'm just excited to see the relationship that's going to grow between me and her and the letters we're going to get to write. And we were able to actually take a picture right after the moment that she found out that I would be sponsoring her. And so I'm so grateful to have had that joy captured in that moment. And I can't wait to send her that picture and yeah, just see that relationship get to grow over the years now. So the other cool detail that I want to mention with this is that I didn't have peace originally about sponsoring a child, and I was kind of confused by that. Well, after we spent our time at that Last Hope Center, our team got together for dinner that night, sharing our stories about getting to meet our sponsor kids, and Courtney was sharing that she sponsored a little girl and, and what that experience was like. And as she's talking about her, she said that she picked her because she and this little girl shared the same birthday, November 30th. (laughs) I heard her say that and I realized that the reason God was not giving me peace about sponsoring a child was because I was looking at the very child that God had in mind for Courtney to sponsor. With one last sponsor story, here's the other Jill who went on our trip. I want to introduce you to her and let her share her sponsorship story. I chose Jorge because he was 15, and at the time, my daughter was 15, and I wanted to support an older child, and I'm really glad that I did. Now, meeting him, (laughs) maybe not the same experience as some of the others on our trip who uh, were sponsoring seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds, especially the little girls who were just so excited to meet their new sponsors. I wouldn't say Jorge was excited to meet me. He was a very cool 15-year-old dude, right? Just kind of hanging out like, okay, thanks for being my sponsor. But we got to talk a little bit about his family life. And I asked him, you know, so what's it like for you at home? He said, it's just me and my dad. Um, I think he does have another sibling as well, but their mom left a few years back. So it's just the dad at home. And so while his dad's trying to get work, uh, Jorge said he would just stay in the house when he wasn't at school because there was just so much violence and it was dangerous to be outside. And so he would stay in his house. If he wasn't at school, he was in his house. And then he said he found out about the Hope Center and one child working through the local church and it opened up a whole new world for him. He was able to come and be with other kids his age uh, learn some stuff, uh, maybe even something that could be a trade for him someday. And 
come and, and learn about Jesus and just have fun. You know, being a 15-year-old instead of a person who had to be holed up in his home because he was too frightened to go outside his front door. So I just was really, really honored to get to meet Jorge and hear his story. And then just feeling so grateful for the opportunity to partner with one child as they're providing some basic needs for him and his dad and his family and also a way for him to to grow in his faith, a place for him to come and be with other kids, help with homework, learning new things, new trades, just makes my heart feel so full with, with love and gratitude. And as we enter this opportunity, partnering with one child and and sponsoring Jorge, I probably won't be getting a lot of hand-drawn pictures, <laughs> and that's okay. He's a teen, and he's doing stuff teens are supposed to do. But it will be really exciting just to see how he's growing as he gets closer to maybe moving on to university and, and moving out of the program. Just an, uh, an incredible privilege for my family to partner with one child in, in making sure that he has the things he needs and looks forward to a totally different future because of being able to be a part of the Hope Center through one child. Thank you so much, Jill. Now, imagine you're a mom in a home in Honduras. You're making about $2 a week. You're barely making ends meet. And you've got a whole bunch of mouths to feed. In this area that is gang controlled, in this area where your poor child has to choose life in a gang or a life of purposelessness, and you find out there's a hope center. You find out that one child is in your area making a difference. What would you do? How hard would you fight to get your child sponsored so that they have hope and a future? I went to onechild.org and I clicked on the sponsorship page and I found a little boy named Edison or he visits a hope center called the Nueva Generacion Hope Center. And this little boy is about the, the cutest kid in the entire world. He's got these dark piercing eyes and um, some old ratty sneakers on and camouflage pants and a very like almost a smile <laughs> on his face. My favorite thing about him is Edison loves chores, like sleeping the floor, and he takes pride in seeing everything look nice and tidy. He also is growing in the knowledge and love for the Lord, and he prays that God will bless his family. You could be the answer to that prayer. Bless Edison's family or one of thousands of children that are available right now at onechild.org. Just head on over there. You can pick a child. You can do it by birthday. You can do it by gender. You can do it by any number of criteria. If you've listened to these four episodes, you now see the work One Child does. And I just ask you, would you consider sponsoring a child to give them a new lease on life and the hope their parents want for them and the hope that they need for themselves. Give a child a future. I'm David A. Dean. Thank you so much for joining us for this amazing podcast. Uh, man, it has been an honor and a pleasure to present the story of our adventure to, uh, to Honduras with you. Until I see you again, remember this, child sponsorship matters because you make the difference. This has been a production of Northwestern Media.